Live from the best basements that money can rent, it's the Joe and Joe Weather Show on the 24th of August, 2020, and it is exactly 7.02-ish Eastern Time. And here we are. Yes, here we are. Uh, busy. I have, two, I have two questions. Well, actually, I have a more of a singular question, and I'm wondering whether or not... I, I said a few days ago that... You know, I consider myself just a GP, a general practitioner in terms of weather and forecasting or whatever. I'm certainly not, for example, an expert on severe weather. And yet, I, nor am I. I don't know about you, Joe, but every every model that I looked at for tomorrow is showing a bare minimum chance of any kind of precipitation, any kind of thunderstorm activity. And yet, not only do we are we still under a severe threat, a slight threat of severe weather here, but just to the south, they've even put an enhanced risk. And I'm saying, where are they getting all of this from if the models are spitting out hardly anything in terms of yeah. moisture and precipitation? I, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, think back over the last three weeks how badly the short-term models have done with uh, with thunderstorms. They've been horrible. They've been just horrible. Yeah. We had uh, – did we not have one surprise – and uh, and and uh, a surprise just back a few days ago where the models showed next to nothing. So I, I'm you know I'm looking at the dynamics. I I I I, I think that there's going to be some cells around tomorrow. I, well, I, I have no question. You know, if we use Antoine's rule, Tex Antoine, of course, always said a front is a front, even when the front is indicated to be a dry front. You always have to worry about any kind of precipitation you know, accompanying it in. Certainly, we're looking at temperatures tomorrow at around 90 with uh, dew points in the mid and upper 60s. And then on Wednesday, we go into the 70s to near 80 with dew points maybe in the upper 40s and low 50s. So there has to be some kind of reaction for right. the atmosphere. It's just that, you know, there have been times over, you know, recent history where the GFS or the, the NAM, all the models let's say, clearly show a squall line, a prefrontal squall line. Yeah, the, the nothing NAM, like that. The, the NAM three, nothing like that. Yeah, the NAM 3's got a few cells in there. Joe, think back to last Friday morning where they had a tornado warning in, in Monmouth County. Right. <laughs> okay. Those th that, whole, that whole round of, sh of uh, severe weather was, was not shown by any, not the HRRR, not the... Uh, the NAM, not the G, not the global models, nothing, zero, nada. And we've had several episodes before that. There was one particular day, I can't remember the specifics, about two weeks ago, I remember reading a post from Craig, Craig Allen complaining about how badly the short-term models were because they didn't really show anything and the radar was, was loaded beyond belief. Right. So right. I, I, I've been kind of staying away from a little bit from the specifics of the short-term models when it comes to this stuff, because of just, they've been, they've been behaving so badly. And uh, again, I think the dynamics are there. It's, it's a pretty decent short wave. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, there's a good jet streak at 700 millibars. I noticed we could take a look at that uh, as we uh, talk about the severe weather. In fact, let's do that first, get it out of the way Then we could go talk about Marco and Laura and, uh, and, and see what 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 that brings. Uh, the severe weather risk. By the way, we have a severe weather risk tonight going on. We have a marginal risk of severe weather 
uh, at the moment running from northeast Virginia on up into uh, northern New England. Uh, the uh, thunderstorms have been scattered. Actually, Joe, the activity has been stronger up in northern New England than it has uh, over us. And, you know, there's some scattered cells to the south, but th there's nothing really here to write home about. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, yesterday, uh, during the mid-afternoon yesterday, um, central and eastern Massachusetts was getting absolutely hammered with uh, severe, uh, strong to severe weather. And there were some couple of big boomers. I saw uh, Tim Veltman, who's in the uh, Albany area, uh, commenting that there was a rather large scale storm that passed on through his vicinity. So they're out there. Certainly they are out there. But, you know, you'd like to you'd like to see a little bit more out of the short term. And I, got, I don't know what they did to the short term models over the last couple of weeks or anything. Oh, they've, been, I, hor I, they've been awful. They've been just awful. Yeah, uh, you'd like to see something if you I hope it's not going to be one of those situations tomorrow where uh, by the end of the day tomorrow, uh, there are going to be people out there saying, I thought we were going to get slammed by big weather and it, I didn't see anything. And it doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I, 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 I've long since just kind of uh, you know, learned to just completely ignore that. The, there, there was uh, I just pulled up the uh, Fort Dix radar because there's there was a storm. Uh, running uh, east of Allentown along Route 78 on the Jersey side, and it looks like in uh, northern Hunterdon County and into Somerset County, but that looks like it's 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 uh, waning now. And we can go up to look at the Boston radar because there were a few cells up uh, in New England, as I mentioned, and see what's happening there at the moment. And there's a cell, just one cell south of uh, Bennington, Vermont. Uh, and the rest of, uh, looks like most of Massachusetts and Connecticut are in the clear. And we'll take it up, uh, take it up one more, uh, go up a little bit further. And yeah, there's a line that runs uh, south of Rutland to Springfield, between Springfield and Lebanon, Lebanon New Hampshire. And then uh, going into uh, uh, east, a couple of cells, uh, just uh, uh is that can I can't even read that? Is that Portland? Yeah, that's just west of Portland uh, on on that radar shot. So uh, all in all, there's um, you know there's some scattered activity tonight. Uh, there have been a couple of severe thunderstorm warnings that were issued for a few spots uh, in the Northeast. But uh, tomorrow is I think a, you know obviously it's a bigger deal. And we'll uh, I'm just going to bring the wide radar first since I have it up. We'll just go through everything. And you're seeing some of the rain here from Marco, uh, from the Florida Panhandle in this arc that runs up into uh, central Georgia and into South Carolina. And that's moving uh, northwest. Some cells, uh, uh, some stronger storms uh, on the coastal bend of uh, Florida. Uh, and uh, then out to the west in uh, Texas, uh, not really too much going on. You can see very little in terms of the cells that are running back into Louisiana. Uh, Marco just completely fell apart. Uh, seeing uh, showers and thunderstorms rotating anticyclonically in the southwest again. There's this upper high that's out there. And uh, you got cells in Nevada that are moving northeast. You've got cells in Colorado uh, making the turn to turn southeast and south. And then they go southwest in New Mexico and west into Arizona. Uh, I, I love watching storms rotating uh, anticyclonically around a high. And then there's a few cells that are uh, a few showers up uh, in uh, parts of Idaho and western Oregon. So that's going to take care of the radar. And we're going to bring up the Storm Prediction Center's uh, map. Now, this is the map, obviously, for tonight. And show, we uh, just showed you that. Uh, the 
uh, Storm Prediction Center for tomorrow, uh, they originally had everybody in slight risk from uh, uh, Northeast Virginia to New England. But there you see it, Joe. They got that enhanced risk, Eastern Maryland uh, and uh, into most of Southeastern Pennsylvania and into uh, Southern New Jersey. Well, you know, the Southern New Jersey since April has been kind of a hot spot. I mean, they... They've had they've had one severe weather event after another over the last uh, three or four months out there. So maybe it's just also because of that that they've said, "Hey, let's let's cover ourselves and uh, and place them." I said even yesterday, I said I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, a an enhanced risk or what we used to refer to as a moderate risk of uh, severe weather uh, down there. By the way, I love the comment about uh, Marco. Tim Tim Veltman was uh, commenting to. Uh, to uh, Chuck Cardillo, and he said, Marco found out what it's like to be a high-profile vehicle on a windy day. The shear tipped him over. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, uh, on that particular note, well, let's come back to the severe weather later because uh, we have a special guest. And we do. Yes, we do. We have a very, very special guest. And because uh, given the uh, situation uh, with uh, now uh, Tropical Storm Laura, uh, and it looks like uh, that it will go into the northwest Gulf of Mexico, uh, why not uh, talk to somebody who's, who lives in the northwest Gulf of Mexico? In the line of fire. Yeah, so like, sort of. So we have uh, with us tonight, and he's been here before, of course, are uh, Addison Green and Addison uh, worked with Joe and I at uh, Fios One News, and now he's a megastar. I mean, not even. I mean, megastar doesn't even describe it. You can't. You can't come up with a word that I don't know just emphasizes enough how huge Addison is at at KHOU in Houston, uh, the, the CBS, uh, the CBS affiliate. I mean, he's so, so huge. He, he got to, you know, he copied me. He, he grew a goatee. Okay. In order to be successful, I have to grow the facial hair and be like Joe Chaffee. I can't well, grow the hair like Joe Rayo, so I grow the facial hair. Well, okay. Well, it's good that your management made that very clear to you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for 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 joining us tonight because I know you're probably you're gonna have your hands full you depending on the track, so uh, why don't I bring up the satellite? We can talk about what's sure. going on and 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 go from there. Uh, first off, well, I got to get it to load. Uh, Addison, I'm just kind of curious as we as we look at Laura. Uh, coming now, moving uh, over the Isle of Youth uh, in the uh, in the Northwest Caribbean, uh, had uh, some northeast shear that went on this morning. A little, you know, that mountainous terrain took a took took some toll, though it took a while for that to happen. But now mm -hmm. it does seem like it's starting to, uh, you know, it's past all that, and it it, it looks like it's organizing. Uh, and this is, I think this is going to, this is going to get to a category three in the Gulf of Mexico before it makes landfall. That, that's from what I looked at today. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah, no, I'm with you there as well. Either a, a weak category three, um, maybe depending upon the strengthening of it, maybe getting to a high cat three. I think it's not out of the realm of a uh, impossibility, especially um, looking at, uh, the upper level features going on with this system, despite going over Hispaniola, 
where most storms just get torn apart. This one survived and uh, its core was relatively intact and then making its way across the Cuba area, still relatively intact. You can still see those outer bands coming in nicely. So as it goes into the Gulf, I mean, it's just a free for all right there, especially with an upper level ridge aloft. If it wasn't for the forward motion of roughly 20 miles per hour, uh, I'd be very, very concerned about dealing with a monster hurricane in our hands a couple of days from now. But thankfully, moving at 20 miles per hour or so, well, it's not going to have that chance to really blow up like it normally would in such a favorable environment. But it is crossing the Gulf the long way. So it is covering, mm-hmm. you know, if it's going to cross the Gulf uh, and it crosses it on a diagonal, that's the, you know, that's the, uh, uh, the part of the triangle that, that's got the longest length, the hypotenuse. Yes. <laughs> not related to not related to Uncle Tanus, but, but but no matter. No, 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 no. That's too. He he wouldn't understand Uncle Tanus. No, I know he would. I've heard of Uncle Tanus. <laughs> now I, I don't know. You know, I wanted to draw on the map, but some for some reason my map tool is is not working correctly. I'm going to try to bring it up in a different way. So in the meantime, uh, hang on. Because I, I, I really want to – this is where the tool of being able to draw on the map is useful. Okay, now it seems to have decided to finally load for me. You know, I'm being punished as I was watching an interview <laughs> on CNBC where the person they were interviewing, all you kept hearing was that that sound you just heard, that that, that the, the computer sound from Windows. And uh, it was so annoying. It just would not stop. Okay, my pen just came out. Okay, let's see if this works. So slowly we're getting there. Slowly. All right. So here is Laura. Okay, and now here is Marco. And if everybody looks really carefully, you can see the completely exposed circulation center. And this is what happens when you have uh, the uh, wind shear issues because all the thunderstorms get blown away. And if you look at the clouds, uh, uh, guys. Notice the high cloud, the the middle and high clouds in in East Texas, how they're going southwest to northeast. That's that 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 deep upper trough that was pretty much sitting in the western Gulf of Mexico. And Marco, you know, we we, we if it went too far west, it was going to get into that shear zone, and that's exactly what what happened last night. It started weakening, Ooh. and then it just completely fell apart. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it was barely a catwalk hurricane when it got that designation. I'm like, really? This is a hurricane? It's like that close of being not a hurricane. But yeah, as it's running to an unfavorable environment, you can see that trough digging down and those upper level winds just tearing it apart. Um, especially looking at the visible satellite imagery. I mean, like that is just so lopsided. It's not even funny. Like, that's a hurricane. I mean, that's a tropical storm. Wow. Right. And, and and by the way, Joe, Joe Rayo, you, you're, you're going to love what I'm going to say right now. Uh, And that is, um, it's amazing how every, how, how the networks ran, I mean, just absolutely ran with the, the, the idea of two major hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time. And in fact, even as of late this afternoon and this evening, I I was watching uh, several networks who just, they went to a live shot to someone in in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and still acting as if 
There were two going to be two storms in there at the same time until he was about 45 seconds into his live shot. And then he admitted that that um, uh, Marco went inland. Uh, Marco had weakened considerably. And I mean, as it really turns out, Laura, they never we never really had them both in the, in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time. That, no. First off. So between that and the, um, you know, the climate change screamers about how this is all about climate change, uh, you know, you got to kind of wait for stuff to happen before you, you, you before it, you claim that it has happened. I guess that's the best way to put it. Well, they had last week, Joe, I think uh, last Thursday and Friday, the long range um, uh, forecasts were for both storms to be of equal strength and moving almost in tandem, making landfall at the same time. I think it was on right. Wednesday. What, right. One of the one of them in the, in the in the Northwest Gulf, the other one along the Florida West Coast. Yeah. But my mm -hmm. my, my my gripe is the fact that it, it became it started to become pretty clear on Sun on uh, on Sat late Saturday that they that or even before that, but it was starting to become clear on Saturday that this was not going to be two storms hitting two her two at the, on the same time that they would be maybe a, a, a day apart. Then Sunday it turned out it looked like it was it's going to be two days apart. Uh, but they continue to just kind of carry that theme of the double hurricane, the major double hurricane hit for the Gulf of Mexico, right up until about two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not gonna happen. Stop trying to make it happen. I mean, yes, it is quite, you know, unique to have the two cones both going to the Gulf relatively at the same time. They're like, mm, we can't quite say we've seen this before. And then everyone started pulling out stats of like the last time this happened, you know, X, Y, and Z parameters. But I'm like, this is why you haven't had since records began in eighteen forty nine two hurricanes in the Gulf at the same time. Conditions are just not conducive you gotta have the you know planetary alignment for this to pretty much happen and uh here we go marco made landfall about 15 minutes ago and it's gonna fade away to nothing soon and that's just as we get uh war getting into the gulf because right now it's just sitting just south of cuba and i agree with you about uh the strength of the storm <clears throat> talking about uh laura addison because and i brought this up on joe and joe yesterday on a sunday morning show that uh it's the same time of the year we're literally, it's right right at this time of the year, almost, that Katrina hit in 2005, making uh, an eye toward the Louisiana coastline. And I remember uh, the night before, I was on a Saturday night, how it was a Category 3 storm. And then with literally within nine hours, within nine hours, that went from a 3 to a 5. And I woke up that next morning, so I couldn't believe how rapidly the intensification occurred just off of the Louisiana coastline. And in my eye, there's absolutely no reason not to believe that that couldn't happen again. I mean, we play a conservative with the computer uh, guidance uh, and, and, and trying. I know the worst part about hurricane forecasts is trying to nail down the intensity. It, it, it's the, that's the one thing that uh, the forecasters always have a big problem with. But it wouldn't surprise me any if, uh, let's say, late Wednesday or Wednesday night or early Thursday, that this thing suddenly jumped in terms of intensification, because it it could it, it happened before, and it's why not why why couldn't it happen again? All right, so hold that one oh, second, because the tropic, you know, we had a ma major major decision. Uh, no, 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 I, I was going to say uh, to just say that the uh, tropical tidbits website apparently has crashed. Okay, uh -oh. so I we, we're going to have to I'm going to maneuver here. 
Uh, first off, with respect to Marco, let's just get out, get this done. Uh, it's uh, it, it's weakening into a tropical depression. It's going goodbye, uh, a remnant low that's going to move through uh, southern Louisiana. As of 4 p.m., it was at 29 north, 88.9 west, top winds 40 miles an hour, barely a tropical storm. Uh, I, I don't know why they didn't downgrade it, but I guess they're still seeing some some winds at about 35 or 40 miles an hour. So that's that's done. And uh, I do have the uh, new forecast, you know, the, the new plots from the Hurricane Center. Now, you're under a hurricane watch where you are. You're, you're in Houston, correct? Yes. So yes, it, it, uh, it goes to Galveston Bay, as I think is the western edge of, the, of it, or just west yeah, of it. So just, just, just to the just west south of Galveston of the, Bay. Of the, yeah, just, just uh, southeast of the actual Houston city itself. Um, Harris County that Houston is in is underneath uh, Tropical Stormwatch, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that extends like maybe four or five counties northward. Uh, but that hurricane watch goes until I think tomorrow at four o'clock. So they are looking at the chance of maybe uh, ex uh, extending that further out, south and west of the, of the Galveston area, and also potentially upgrading it to a hurricane warning as we get uh, more approaching. So uh, while we are on the west side of the system, the quote unquote cleaner side, we can still get uh, a fair amount of wind and rain from this system, just minus the storm surge. Um, what you have to, what you have to concern yourself about, in my opinion, uh, is the fact that this this was supposed to move through the Florida Straits, and it's on the south side of Cuba, and, and mm -hmm. it, it, you're still going west northwest. At some point, it's going to turn northwest while it's in the Gulf of Mexico, and I get that. But the longer it take, you know, the longer that we see the, this sort of southern correction, uh, the greater the risk is going to be, not only from the standpoint of the north, the the the, uh, uh, the, the northern part of the, the coastal bend of Texas, but uh, also the fact that that puts that you know that's going to wind up giving it an extra six hours or eight hours or so over the open waters. Uh, and uh, as Joe argued, I mean, we try, and I think Joe, you do have a, you you have a, a solid point. I mean, I don't know if I jump the jump all the way to go to a category, you know, a category four or a category five. I certainly think that this is going to be a, th you know, this is going to get to a three. Uh, whether it, it 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 whether as as you point out, Addison, if moving twenty miles an hour all the way across is going to keep it from getting to a to something stronger. I would just point out that Camille was moving at 20 miles an hour from the top of the Yucatan Channel uh, into Biloxi, Mississippi. I mean, it just kind of accelerated like a rocket ship, and it, it didn't stop that from going from a tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in, in about 24 hours' time. So That's true. You know, if the Good conditions point. are there, it's going to blow. Katrina, uh, by the way, unlike what we're seeing mm -hmm. uh, with, with Laura, as you said, Joe, going straight across on that diagonal, Katrina was more of a north-northwest mover. So, I mean, it, it was like down near South Florida and then kind of looped up on a north-northwest trajectory. So it didn't take that long path that Laura uh, is is taking. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's a good point about Camille. I mean, sometimes, you know, and Camille again in August. I mean, this is this is the prime time in the Gulf of Mexico. That water's like bathtub water and... Uh, the fuel for hurricanes, and they the hurricanes love this. So I'm I'm I would be very very surprised if in the next 24 hours we didn't see any rapid intensity rapid intensification from Laura. Laura's kind of like been held at bay for a while, in part due to the uh, interaction with uh, Hispaniola. But uh, uh, you know, in the hours to come, uh, you're going to see that thing start winding up and getting ready. And also, as you pointed out yesterday, Joe, 
whereas Marco uh, encountered that strong southwesterly wind shear, that ain't going to be the case with with Laura. Laura's going to be coming in home and free with, without having to be impeded by those uh, mm-hmm. southwesterly winds. No, and I I I I got trop- tropicaltidbits.com back up. Thanks, Levi. Uh, we uh, <laughs> he heard you. We he have, heard you loud and clear. Th- this is this is from this afternoon. The deep trough that's and we're looking way up in the atmosphere, atmosphere, folks, uh, way up at about thirty thousand feet. So there's this deep trough. You've got all these strong south-southwest winds in the western Gulf of Mexico. Here's here's the circulation that represents um, uh, Marco just driving right into that shear. And Laura is sitting here back uh, south of Cuba. So it's, it was dealing with its own issues with regards to the landmass of Cuba and so on. And yes, yesterday when it was over the Dominican Republic. But Watch what happens with this trough that's out in Texas as we go forward in time. It actually retrogrades westward. The whole trough just kind of moves into New Mexico, and and that opens the door for a very, very favorable uh, uh, environment. Uh, This thing's got the upper high sitting right over the center of the hurricane um, uh, all the way through. Uh, and the GFS by tomorrow evening at this time has the pressure down to a nine. This is the new one. Has it down to a 972. Uh, and by Wednesday morning, a 956. That's crazy. And, you know, it kind of keeps it in the low 950s. It still wants to bring it in uh, near Lake Charles as opposed to bringing it in into the Texas coast. Because by that time, there's the, the trough, uh, an upper trough is going to be swinging uh, to the east a bit and it tries to make the turn but again i go back to what i said before if you're starting out a little bit further south from cuba uh, you know you better hope that it makes that turn otherwise uh, you're going to want end up seeing it like the european has it which is europeans on the most southwest side and joe for you i don't know if you saw this or addison i don't know if you saw this but uh, you know you were mentioning about this um Doing a uh, doing a Katrina in terms of strength, and uh, and, and I have no I, I, let me let me make, let me emphasize this. I have no I put no value in the Nam in the uh, um, Nam three. Friends should never let friends use the Nam to forecast hurricanes. But uh, <laughs> I would just point out, Mr. Rayo, that on the Nam three this afternoon, that is a nine oh eight pressure. Okay. Ouch. But you know, coming it's further east, it brings it along the central Louisiana coast. Now that is actually higher, okay? That's higher than the and I've got the map up. That is higher than the what is that? That was an 888 pressure or an 885. It was an 885 pressure coming into southeast Louisiana on the 12Z run. I don't know what it is about this model. I guess I guess the NAM is the the NAM three is the new Canadian when it comes to spinning thing everything up <laughs> into a category five. Eight, 885 millibars, just for all of you who are interested in or looking on it on your uh, aneroid barometer. Good luck. 885 millibar corresponds to 26.13 inches of mercury. Good luck. Yeah. And by the way, I think I think Katrina got down to a, to, I think Katrina got down to eight. It definitely got in, it below 900. I'm trying to remember if that was the one that got down close to 880. I think it was point. 888. 
888? I, I think pretty sure it's 888. 888. Well, look, I, I, again, I, folks, I just want to emphasize, I, I, I don't, I don't use the NAM model. Uh, I don't really use the NAM three kilometer model when it comes to tropical storm or hurricane forecasting. It just, it, I just had, nope. to, I just had to put it up there because you know it was there, and everybody gets a kick out of the fact that some of these models do the things that they do. But I would stress that, that, that this thing certainly does have time to become and, and has the upper air conditions to become uh, the season's first major hurricane. And several several people on the chat board are pointing out Marco uh, Zucconi and Johnny Quest that uh, Katrina was a Cat Three at landfall, and that you're you're absolutely it's it's absolutely true at that. Yes. However, what I'm what I'm referring to is when it was out over the Gulf of Mexico on that Saturday night into early Sunday morning, when the thing just jumped from a three to a five within nine hours, and as it approached the uh, coastline, it did lose a little bit. There was also, I believe. A replacement eye wall cycle that was taking place yeah. just before just before the uh, the the landfall, and that'll Always. take a bit out of the, uh, the the strength of a storm too. That's why you got to you know you got it, it, it it's a it it has to be synchronized perfectly that in terms of when you have a really really intense hurricane and they go through these replacement cycles where the pressure bounces up, come sometimes it can bounce up twenty or thirty millibars or even more. And then it levels off, and then it'll deepen again. Uh, meanwhile, I just wanted for equal time the uh, the regular standard NAM, the 12 kilometer NAM, has it as a 969 or a 968 going into uh, um, southwestern corner of, of uh, Louisiana. So, so what are you, uh, Addison? What are you what are you guys thinking? Uh, oh, and gals, uh, what what are you? What are the guys and gals thinking uh, at? Um, at KHOU with regards to uh, where this is going to wind up. Uh, we were, yeah, we were just talking about this with me and my chief earlier today. Um, and just based on how the tracks have been so far, wouldn't be surprised if we see this shift a little bit further to the West there, there was that initial lineup of having the updates, having the track going towards like Houston and then backed up and went towards central uh, Louisiana wouldn't be surprised if we see it inch a little bit closer and closer to the west, maybe going right over Houston. Um, that's at least what the NHC was also referring to as well when they said that we may have to think about expanding hurricane watches down the Texas coastline by several counties. We'll see as things go through. Uh, but in terms of uh, intensification uh, with regards to war going over in the open waters, um, there is definitely – all the ample possibilities of this thing really blowing up. Cat three, I think, is definitely possible. Cat four, sure, that that is definitely not out of reach. I don't think we're talking cat fives here, anybody, but um, I definitely know a lot of people would be a little more concerned if it was at a much slower pace. If we had this thing crawling across the Gulf at like five to eight miles per hour, I mean, it would just have just so much ample fuel to work on and all the time in the world. Um, as it's making that forward motion, they're now more concerned with the potential uh, storm surge, at least in regards to Louisiana. They just had some uh, uh, press conferences earlier today in Houston and in Galveston expressing the concerns for the potential of evacuations, storm surge and whatnot. Right now, they're just readying, readling all the vehicles that they need and supplies that they need. But everyone's trying to talk about the potential for like, you know, voluntary or mandatory evacuations and how do you go about that? during a pandemic and people are like, oh, I don't know. Well, uh, well that's a good question. Yeah. That, 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 that was something that we, we, we've asked ourselves a few times along the way. 
uh, what, what's going to happen when they have to do a mandatory, some sort of mandatory ev evacuation for a major hurricane? Uh, how do you do that? Uh, particularly, now, now I correct me if I'm wrong. In the rare instance that I am, just you know, don't hold rare. back, Addison. But um, <laughs> very, very rare. how is the I how is the whole wearing mask thing going? And I I I know that's I'm kind of. It's. A, I'm not trying to change the subject. I'm actually trying to link the two together. Sure. Because you know, we we see stories up here. You know, having been up here, we see stories that are slanted in a certain way, with regards to some of the news information that's delivered. So we we have a probably a more of a likelihood of seeing a story about someone who refuses to wear a mask uh, without the. Um, uh, the the little the, the footnote the, that should be said, which is that well you know the vast majority of people are do, are wearing masks, and I'm asking that because if you're going to put if you have to put everybody inside a gymnasium, in a high school, uh, in a shelter, how do you do that? I mean, is there are people fighting over whether they should wear masks or not wear masks, or is everybody kind of behaving themselves that way? I, I think right now, um, with regards to like evacuations and having to put up shelters. Um, there have been easy pleasant talks about like, you know, how we would distribute PPE and masks and whatnot. Um, I have not heard much of any, uh, you know, blowback from like, you know, having to wear a mask and trying to be evacuated and whatnot. I think they're just more or less taking this on a case by case basis. And if we need to pull the lever and start to do these evacuations, we'll get that in the people's mindset. But we were already talking um, back on Friday's time frame that like, you know, hey, we're keeping our eyes on the Gulf. We're starting to see systems ramp on up. Boom, here come the tracks putting these systems in the Gulf. You guys need to make sure you have your hurricane preparedness kit with you. But now also have at least two masks per person in your kit. Because if you get someplace that you have to be evacuated with and you have to be within reach of people, you don't want to put yourself at risk potentially right. and vice versa. So everyone's having to now put that into their mentality of uh, how to handle the situation. Um, I was out at the supermarket over the weekend trying to stock up on my own supplies and necessities, and uh, there was a big like hair big gel mask, of course, like hair gel. Keep it clean. <laughs> I think I'm using the wrong one. I think it's taking the hair away. <laughs> um, I remember, I remember, I remember Addison uh, during Katrina in New Orleans, they actually put people or told people to go to the Superdome who uh, were being evacuated. Now, my question to you, uh, of course, the Astros no longer play at the Astrodome, but I'm assuming that that building is still there. Uh, is it used for anything? Might they use that in case they needed to uh, have a major evacuation? Or, you know, what, I thought what? they took the Astrodome down. They, no, I, they, they think, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not 100% certain. I know they did. Uh, move on from the Astrodome. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, but the new stadium now, the Astros playing in Minute Maid Park, has a retractable roof, so that could be used as a shelter, and that's just um, a block away from the uh, major convention center in downtown Houston that could also potentially be used um, if such a need arise. Uh, but they also have several facilities, uh, roofed up, shielded facilities, uh, where the Houston Texans play over that way. So they have multiple uh, spots that can go to. Some of them right now either still are or were being used as makeshift COVID hospitals uh, slash testing centers. So they, they still have those facilities 
within reach to be needed. So it's uh, definitely a possibility that they could be used again. Not sure in this instance, but maybe throughout the entire travel season. We'll see. And, and, and Addison, what about, I mean, what are your feet? I mean, how do you uh, feel? I mean, are you, are you stressed out? Are, are, do you feel safe uh, wherever you happen to be living? Is it, do you, do you, are you hoping that no, you know, damage occurs uh, in, in your immediate vicinity or whatever like that? Because a lot of people, they, th they, they look at us uh, over the years, I, I know, Joe, you probably said the same thing. You get these 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 uh, remarks from uh, other, you know, people. They say right. Tro they're yeah, trolls. I, I guess, I guess you're, trolls. you're going to get a big storm now, aren't you? Or you're going to you're happy. That's it. And, you know, admittedly, when I was very young and just getting started, stuff like this really got me excited. But over the over the years, you get old. You, you want to go to bed. You want to go into your own bed. You get stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you worry about your, you worry about your wife. You worry about your kids. You worry about your property. So yeah, I'm I'm in. I toward the end of my career, I was in with everybody else. I I wasn't rooting and you know jumping up and down. So I'm just wondering if with Addison, uh, Addison, is, do, do you feel safe or uh, are, you, are you hunkered down or you're you're gonna you know how, what what's your feelings in all, in all of this? Um, I, I feel pretty safe. I feel um, no uh, big anxiety building on up, maybe partially because I'm seeing this information firsthand as opposed to being uh, a passerby and just getting it, you know, secondhand information. But I feel personally safe and secure. Um, I don't feel that there's any uh, imminent threat um, in the Houston metro area itself right now for the time being. And um, in my own facilities, my apartment complex, I'm located on the, the western side of town, so away from... Uh, you know, any areas that got impacted significantly by Harvey. And that was one of the things I was looking at when I was looking at um, housing was like, you know, where did Harvey hit? Where were the areas that got mostly impacted? Okay, I want to go away from there. And then I'm at least one story above ground level. So I feel um, fine. I mean, if anything big like that comes along, it'd be a different story. But uh, no, I, I feel okay. feel safe. Right. And uh, even during this, like this whole pandemic, same thing as well. The, uh, the, the intensity guidance... Uh, by the way, uh, the late afternoon intensity guidance, uh, every run seems to get a little more robust. And you do have a, a, a number of, uh, most of the, most of the models, over half the models have it at least as a cat two, and you've got, uh, three of them that have it as a cat three and two of those three touch the cat four, uh, briefly, uh, before, uh, it, uh, makes landfall. And then of course, uh, it weakens. And in terms of the mm -hmm. the the uh, le plat de spaghetti uh, or, or uh, the spaghetti plots, uh, the uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because I, I I this this has been almost on every run. There's one outlier that's south and west, and on the latest run you have virtually all of them bringing it over Lake Charles. But there's that one model. I don't know which one it is. But there's the one model, uh, Addison, that brings it right into Galveston Bay. Uh, and that, uh, that hur whatever hurricane model that is, uh, would, prob would match what the European did, which was basically take, that, uh, take it a little more uh, west and south of the other one. So I, I, I certainly, you know, my usual, when I look at these spaghetti plots, my, I usually tend to take the one that's furthest west and the one that's furthest east and just kind of, throw them both out and I try to look to see where the, you know, where they're all clust tightly clustered. Uh, but given the fact that this storm has had a history of winding up again, instead of running up the North shore through the Florida Straits or along the Northern coast of Cuba and the Dominican Republic, it wound up mm -hmm. 
uh, about 100 miles further to the south. So I, I want to be a little careful. I'm not going to discount any land area as far as the landfall. I think the Hurricane Center is pretty is wise to have a fairly large watch area there in the Northwest Gulf. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the fact that they have extended the um, tropical storm watches uh, a good distance further inland, you know, just anticipating how big the wind field is, or at least how strong those core tropical storm force winds could be um, as the system moves inland. But um, as we see in the forecast cone, for instance, uh, once it makes landfall uh, early Thursday morning, that thing by 12 hours later will be pushing into Shreveport and just maybe dropping down its intensity rapidly in some spots. So by, we can by, definitely by, deal with a weakening system very quickly. By the way, I just put up the GFS ensembles. Uh, mm -hmm. And the track on the, the mean track on the GFS ensemble is actually to the left of the operational. Uh, it's on the Texas side of the Louisiana border for what it's worth. Oh, and by the way, is. folks at home, if you're watching, you'll notice if you look at these maps and you see these, these things online in the upper left, in the upper right corner, it says, do not use this map to make decisions, seek official information. And I think that that's, this is a good place uh, to say, to say that uh, if uh, with regard, if you're watching you know, we have folks that watch from all over, especially when tropical storms and hurricanes are running around. So uh, if you have uh, decisions to make with regards to what to do uh, in the event that there's a hurricane warning, be sure to follow the advice of your local officials, uh, your, the National Weather Service. At, uh, you can find that online by going to weather.gov or the National Hurricane Center to get uh, information. And that's nhc.noaa.gov. Don't ask to Joe and I because we're not going to tell you what to do. Okay. And I will tell you this. I will say that uh, <laughs> somebody on the chat board, uh, and this this goes back. I can't believe it. We've already been talking for forty one minutes here, but somebody was uh, talking about the track of the of of uh, Laura, and uh, noticing that hey hey it's passing well to our south. Maybe we'll miss out on its effects. Not very likely because again in tropical systems a lot of this moisture gets wrung out uh, like a like a giant sponge. So we're going to see some of that moisture from Laura. Also on Saturday, when the storm is passing closest to us, we have another weather system to watch. That's another cold front that will be moving down from the north and west. So between the front to the north and west and Laura passing to our south, all of that moisture in between, there's, there's no way that we're going to you know, miss out on, uh, unfortunately, from this vantage point right now, a pretty rainy day on Saturday. Right. Hopefully the front will act like a giant whisk room and push all of this stuff out to salvage the second end of the weekend on Sunday. Right, but let, let's 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 be clear also that what we saw with Isaias was a special situation with the deep trough to the west that it shot up the east coast and maintained mm -hmm. not only maintained its strength but was actually able to strengthen. This is a different situation for something that far west. It's probably the the circulation itself is probably going to wind up getting absorbed by the frontal system. But the, the moisture will remain. Now, how much of that heavy rain gets up here or does it move through the mid-Atlantic states? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I, I just I just want to make it clear that this is not going to be a repeat of the 70 to 80 mile an hour winds that no. we got from 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 Isaias because this, this is this is totally different. OK, totally different in terms of its approach. No, but you know what, from. Joe, and, and you and you and I worked in this market for a long, long time, probably much longer than we should have. But yeah. you just know that whatever happens down in the uh, Gulf on Wednesday or Thursday, they're going to be showing clips from that on Thursday night on the 11 o'clock news on virtually every outlet here. Oh, yeah. They're going to show you that and they're going to say, 
Hurricane Laura. There'll be more power outages in our future. Because that's, yeah. that's a touchy subject. That's a yeah. very touchy subject, and you know they're going to go down that angle. Um, right. This is, this is not a wind... This is that wouldn't. This is not a wind thing. This is just rain getting absorbed that, by. The, but they're going to put it in there. They're going to plant. They're going to plant that in your mind because they know that if they plant that in your mind after the third commercial leading into the news, you're going to be sticking by your TV set to see whether or not that's going to be the story for us. Believe me, folks, it is not going to be the story for us. Rain, yes, seventy mile per hour winds or a repeat of what's going on down over the Gulf states in the coming days. No, no. Yeah, you just get, you made me feel like a Ralph Cramden moment here, Joe. <laughs> you know that I know that you know that I know how easy you get virus. But you and I both will be yelling out the window like Ralph on, on Thursday night. Whoa, it certainly looks like rain tonight. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, oh, I uh, that show. Addison, that show. <laughs> um, do you have anything to do or other than being a big movie star, do you have anything to do? I'm just in case you have to leave to do, you know, your laundry or dust, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I, I washed all my polyester blends before I got on. A wise choice on your part. I'll have to Didn't ask them hanging around. I'll have to ask the Lord to forgive you for your sins of wearing mixed fabrics. <laughs> But go on. How dare I? <laughs> um, no, honestly, with, with the, the whole pandemic going on, um, we had a couple of scares uh, in the station. So for the most part, I just, you know, try and take it easy, keep myself busy in my apartment, in my apartment complex, and um, found myself whenever it's not like feeling like 100 degrees outside, which is rare in the summertime. I'm like out biking, going along the bayous, uh, the various rivers and tributaries. So, uh, it's, you know, it was a good excuse to get out and about and, you know, trying to explore the city whenever I can. Um, so no, not, not keeping me from anything. In fact, I'm just doing social media monitoring right now, um, this evening. And then, um, you know, just all hands on deck for tomorrow and Wednesday, where I'm sure Wednesday will be staggered throughout the day into the overnight hours. I, I'm sure Addison, I'm sure that you and your cohorts, your, your meteorological cohorts at KHOU, you're going to be either tomorrow or especially on Wednesday, they're going to gather all of you together. And they're going to say the KHOU Weather Center is on the march, and we're watching it for you. You know that kind of stuff, right? Uh, of course, it's 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 standard. For, uh, um, Michael Reese, Michael yeah, yeah. Michael Reese on the chat board uh, brings yeah. up an interesting point. We were just talking about uh, we were talking earlier about the Nam the the Nam three the Nam three kilometer model with the uh, eight eighty eight pressure, and uh, he says much of the model inaccuracy isn't the models; it's the data. Well, we need yep. something like a swarm of drones sitting around the storm at various levels to get to get enough of it. Yeah, I get. Well, I yes, but but I, I would just say at least from the standpoint of what the NAM three kilometer, the model that it is, because it's such a small scale model. It's good for the you know its grid spacing is very very small, and I think that's probably the reason why it it's doing what it's doing in terms of. Uh, showing that deep pressure i don't know that a hurricane i don't think you want to use something that's that's got such a tight grid with a with a, no. with, a, with a hurricane i think you probably would all want to go with one of the more the global models i, I i'm no, guessing I'm there. This, yes yeah because too much this is this might be an instance where too much data is not a good thing too noisy mm -mm. yes exactly although, although, too noisy it's going to react to every thunderstorm that's in there in fact, our, we, old friend, uh, our old friend Joe, the LFM 2.LFM, 
was often considered to be too noisy. And sometimes, as you will remember, they it used to come up with some crazy stuff, especially over the uh, yeah. But yeah, but for something like this, if there was like a Category Three or Four hurricane, it would you, all you would see on the map is an L. And, right. and, and a little kink in the isobar. You wouldn't even see. That, you wouldn't even see a closed isobar. Time. Really, it just it never. They're not. You know, the models that we used were so primitive initially. You you and you certainly could never. You you really couldn't use them for tropical development. They didn't show anything. Right. So you well, basically. I'm curious what your thoughts were back in. Correct me if I'm wrong. 1992. So 28 years from from here. Yeah. Hurricane Andrew coming on in into Florida. And I saw some people on Twitter posting like, you know, videos or like posts like, what were you doing back then when this was happening? I'm like, wow, that was 28 years ago. And just looking at like the satellite loop and like, it just, you know, looks so like dated compared to like how we have things now. So I can only imagine how you guys feel, you know, seeing the models from back then compared to how the model data is now and how much things have changed. Well, I would just tell you that at least from the standpoint of when Andrew that I recall, um, there were there were I you kind of had a feeling that Andrew in its formative stages was going to be a category a, a category four or a category five. It just that I you know you're asking me to think back 28 years, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I I think we had a we had to use our instincts. Uh, I I think we have to use our instinct. We used our instincts a lot more back in the day uh, because we had to and i think it made people better forecasters to an extent uh, mm. joe you might disagree with me yeah. you know there are times when you just want to throw your hands up in the air because there's too much to look at uh, and so mm -hmm. yeah i mean we we had to do it a little bit more off the seat of our pants and quite frankly um i kind of liked it that way you know, when you saw, I, I know when we looked at the, the 72 or the 84 hour uh, uh, progs and we, we only had to work off of upper, the, the 500 millibar level at the, that time. But if we saw any kind of uh, reflection of a potential tropical system on those maps, especially if you have like, you know, two or three uh, height lines indicating uh, the uh, tropical system, you knew that that was going to be something uh, loaded for bear. And uh, we talk about we're talking about Andrew. We're talking about Gilbert. There was another storm. How about Hugo? I mean, these were storms that uh, are in the Hall of Fame, so to speak. And yeah, we we knew just by looking at those those primitive models from way back when. Uh, and this again is uh, empiricism. This is from working with this stuff for for a very long time. Joe, you and I by by the early '90s, we'd already been doing this now for like 14 years. So I mean, yeah. it was it was empiricism and knowledge, and even with those models. We were able to tell and, and know. I mean, I know. I remember telling somebody just a few days before. In fact, I know who the somebody was. For my goodness sake, my grandfather. My grandfather lived in Hialeah back then, and I was telling him. I said, "Do you live near I, the racetrack?" <laughs> near the racetrack, believe it or not. <laughs> he was, uh, and and he. Uh, I told him. I said, uh, "I said, Grandpa. I said this is going to be like a buzzsaw cutting through the middle part of uh, of Florida." I mean, my God, mm -hmm. this was, this was. This is going to be horrible, and and it was. Yeah, I remember that. By the way, we're watching I, on the Weather Channel. Look like that. Um, a, a, just something just popped into my head, and it is a reminder of something. I think I, I'm just going to. This is my cause. Uh, I, I and I want to eliminate. I want to remove from the face of the earth 
the um, uh, the tendency for people to go forecast shopping. I, I really, I this this is a situation something like this yeah. where people are going to forecast shop, and I I have to tell you, it, I I personally can't stand it. Uh, I I uh, for, uh, on a couple of levels. Um, I don't know about you, Addison, but I, you know, you're working these days, especially for TV people, you're, um, you know, you're not only doing TV, but you're doing social media, you're doing, you know, something else on uh, some websites, you're doing this, that, and the other thing, uh, you can, somehow you squeeze in a chance to go, uh, to the bathroom in there, uh, maybe you uh, get a chance to get maybe. something to eat, uh, but I, di- I just don't have, I don't do it now, I haven't done it for many years, but to sit there and watch what other people are doing, uh, it just doesn't even cross my mind and hasn't for, for no. over a de- well over a decade. So when someone comes up to me or to you, or I don't know how you handle it, but when someone comes up to me and asks me my opinion and then uh, follows up with telling me what somebody else said, I go ballistic. I mean, it just drives <laughs> I mean, I, I try to hold my temper, but there's a part of me that just wants to wants to lose it because... A, yeah. I don't watch. B, I don't care. Okay, and uh, C, yes. why are you at? Why are you telling me this, <laughs> gentlemen? Uh, before yes. you, before before Jerry you lose your temper altogether, I, I I need to tell you that I, I have to attend to something upstairs, so I'm going to have to make an early departure. But I'm okay. sure the two of you can continue uh, this for uh, for a little while. And uh, I, Joe, I'll see you tomorrow night. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow, Joe. Okay, and, uh, leave us. I, I will be. Uh, Go I will ahead, be available, leave us. Uh, you didn't. Well. You you never cared about us. All you ever wanted was supper on the table. <laughs> of I cared about you. All you ever wanted was supper on the table and no responsibility. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> he put up his blinds. He closed the he's curtain. Right All right, gone. so um, um, tell everybody. Oh, now we went to like the double boxes side by side. That's so that. cool. Fancy, fancy. So. Um, so I, I, I want to follow up with what you asked and what you what you mentioned about um, about the other forecast chopping and whatnot because you know sometimes people will bring it up you know from time to time like I've been doing social media uh, Facebook lives and whatnot and I have to go back and look in the chat room to see if anybody has any questions I can answer um, and I try and you know just do the best I can but then someone says well what about this mom saying this and so and so said that I'm like I'm here representing KHOU. This is what I did. This is what I looked. That's it. I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, what did so-and-so did? And and look at what that – no. <laughs> We're all in this business to inform the public, keep the public safe and sound, Do and you... provide the most accurate forecast we can. Right. And and that's that's where I stop. Anybody that wants to say and compares anybody to anybody else, I'm like, that's fine. Don't don't get me involved. Well, at the, at the point when – the thing is at the point where you have watches going up is usually at the point where everybody's pretty much on the same page. It's hard to imagine you're going to, I mean, there might be some very variation and obviously right now we're still trying to kind of resolve, okay, where is this going to make landfall? Is the furthest left still on the table? I think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, If uh, the the furthest right is probably not, but the furthest left I think is still probably on the table. And we might not know until tomorrow, so you have to expect a little bit of fluidity, a fluidity over it. But uh, it's got to be confusing for someone if they're going to forecast sample five or six or seven different people and come up with five or six or seven different answers to the same question. 
uh, it makes it really problematic when it comes to you having to make whatever decisions you have to make as far as your house, as far as what you're going to do, uh, your family, what you're gonna, you know, what your family's going to do. So I guess my, my, my point in all of this is uh, try not to, folks at home, try not to do that, okay? If yeah, only to true, keep yourself yeah. from getting confused, to just sort of, you know, and, and there's always the tendency, I've said this many times, people hear what they want to hear. Uh, they already know. I, the, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. They, you already, you know, they, they ask you a question that they already know the answer to. Okay. Yes. Really? Yes. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. No, they already no, know no. the answer to. So basically, the the honest person would come up and say, "I'm going to give you a test. I know what the answer is. Here is the question. You have to give me the exact answer." Okay. What is this Jeopardy? <laughs> well, yeah, and it has, and it, and it should not be in the form of a question. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. But it's very, very <laughs> frustrating. Uh, I've had people ask me, you know, you, you get asked an opinion about something, you give it, but they've already decided to do whatever it is they're going to do anyhow. So yeah. if your answer doesn't match what they're going to what they're going to do, um, it, it doesn't matter. It, no, it, 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 it absolutely doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, I would tell you a story that just happened very recently, but the person might be watching the program, so uh, I don't want I don't want to lose it as an audience. <laughs> right, so what's no, your no. Um, what's your TV schedule like? Uh, you know, maybe there are some Houston people that were watching. You know, when Harvey was was going on, I had a lot of people that was that were they were watching from uh, 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 along the coastal bend of Texas all the way up to Houston and and and, and beyond. So we'll, we will have some people from that area. And uh, in uh, in, in uh, Southwest Louisiana, uh, and we welcome everybody to the, to the program. Uh, so uh, from, you know, from that from that respect, that you were at KHOU, uh, tell everybody mm -hmm. where when you are on and what you'll be doing over the next couple of days, so they can watch the, sure. the movie star that you are. <laughs> yes, yes, come everybody, watch, come watch. I am on uh, Channel Eleven here in the Houston metro area, KHOU, and my schedule typically is weekend mornings. Um, we have a morning show on Saturday, 8 to 9.30, and on Sunday at 7 to 8. Um, those are my two definite time slots that I'm on. And then during the week, it's, it can be kind of fluid based on the schedule at hand if we're filling in for different people or rotating spots and whatnot. But typically, I am Monday through Wednesday uh, working the noon and the 4 o'clock show um, and then I'm off Thursday and Friday. So I have been bouncing up and down left and right all over the place with various different shifts having to be covered. So, um, definitely have to just keep tuning in and watching, but definitely Saturday and Sunday morning, um, I am on. And, uh, as we go forward through these next, uh, 48, uh, to 60 hours, uh, probably we'll have much more extensive coverage of everything going on. I mean, uh, this isn't a Harvey, so we're not seeing like wall to wall, you know, going bonanza coverage, but right. you know, as long as something is coming this way, uh, you know, we'll be on top of it um, either on air or we go and do our social media updates, especially Facebook Live when the National Hurricane Center issues their updates. So every three hours, uh, one of us is usually on. By the way, resident statistician uh, Anthony Orr pointing out that the Hurricane Center's new advisory uh, is uh, oh, is yes. up and. Uh, while I put that up, I'm going to ask you what Robert, uh, one of our regulars, Robert Brown, uh, uh, wants to know, and that is whether they have, have they started any kind of evacuations yet uh, uh, in uh, 
in your part of Texas? They have, uh, hey, Anthony, hey, Robert. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Um, they have talked about uh, volunteer, voluntarily evacuations for some of the coastal communities. Um, last I heard, um, this would be down towards Galveston County, um, where obviously Galveston is located, uh, Chambers County, where um, Bolivar Peninsula is, so it's on the other side of the Houston Bay area. Um, talking about potential evacuations for over there, but nothing is mandatory and uh, nothing is being enforced uh, you know, or carried out right now. It's more or less like, hey, heads up, then we may have to ask you to leave if need be, but no one's walking around being like, all right, time to go. Um, right now, they are just talking about uh, every, everyone getting prepared. Um, they had a press conference with the Houston mayor and then the Galveston mayor uh, earlier on today. I'm sure there will be another one tomorrow during the morning hours, perhaps, um, to give the latest information. We'll see what the latest forecast track is. And I see uh, Anthony saying uh, 65 miles per hour. So I think yes. that... Uh, yeah, um, uh, Laura's at 22.1 north, 82.8 west, moving west-northwest at 20 miles per hour or 18 knots, 996, or is it 998? 990, I got to get new glasses. 998 millibars, <laughs> top wind 65 miles an hour. There's also a NOAA aircraft there right now, and I'm going to bring up some of the OBS uh, in just a second. I just want to give Marco, which just made landfall near the mouth of the Mississippi River, 29 north, 89.2 west, moving west-northwest at 8, top winds at 40, so likely to be uh, downgraded to a tropical depression, probably on the next advisory. And uh, let's take a look. I've got the Laura, the, the plane is now uh, investigating Laura. So we're getting some of the first OBS. And, and uh, when you go to air, aircraft recon on tropical tidbits, this chart that, that uh, Levi Cowan put, has, uh, has up there, it, it really is very, very useful and easy to read and gets updated fairly quickly. Um, the one on the upper left is mean sea level pressure and flight level wind. So uh, the, the red is the mean sea level pressure, and you can see the, the two drops there, the double bottom drops there from the yeah. recon at 995. Uh, so the pressure, uh, this was at 2229Z, so this was at 630 uh, Eastern Time. And uh, at that, the blue is the wind, and there's a flight level wind that was over 50 knots. And on the, on the, uh, on the upper um, on the upper right, that, that's on the upper left, on the upper right, you get the 10-meter wind speed, which is pretty useful. And you've got two peaks here, mm -hmm. over 55 knots uh, on the wind in, in the darker blue. And the purple is uh, the uh, rain rate. So it's, it's, it's very interesting because you can look. Sometimes you'll see the peak wind and the heavy rains are going to line up together at times. And here's an instance of uh, where there was a squall, obviously, because you see that purple line go all the way up as well as the uh, the wind. So uh, – Laura certainly does seem to uh, have maintained itself quite well, and the pressure has definitely fallen from what it was earlier today. Uh, he's also got the uh, he's also got the plane plot. I always like to look at the plane plot and uh, look at the flight level winds. And 50 to 55 uh, knots is the brownish uh, wind barbs, uh, and you see them mm -hmm. there as uh, over Cuba. Yeah, that's one thing that's changed now. I forgot how. I I think it was sometime back during the Obama administration that they opened up. Um, yeah. Allowing because uh, for years you couldn't you couldn't see any radars. You got no recon reports at all because they weren't allowed to fly in the uh, Cuban airspace. But I think it was back 
during the Obama administration that they uh, they agreed to, ex to be able to uh, exchange weather information, which is incredibly useful. Uh, but this is what we the strongest winds are all pretty much okay. north of Cuba at the moment because this thing does not have a well-defined core yet. But that it, it'll probably get that once it gets into uh, into the open waters of uh, of the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, we so, were, I was seeing videos out there in uh, Key West. Um, see, I liked it earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, sustained winds out of the southeast of 32 gusting to 47 with Laura 215 miles south of Key West. And it looks like an intense like thunderstorm right. going over an area or, or a weak tropical system, but just like bands of rain, palm trees swinging everywhere. I'm like, that's what you're seeing 200 plus miles out. Uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, quite interesting to see once this thing gets stronger, or gets more organized and really blows up in the Gulf. Um, you will see that next 24 hours, I'm sure. Okay. Um, um, that's it. I guess. Question for you, Joe. Yes. While, while I got you here, uh, me and uh, Brittany were talking about this earlier and uh, someone Brittany else Bohr. asked me this. Miss Brittany Borer, fellow meteorologist. God, bless her heart. Hi, Brittany. Mondays. She um, was asking about, like, you know, how much the track had shifted with Marco over the time from initiation from NHC to over the past several days. And, you know, we're seeing also that same, you know, marginal to pretty decent shift with Laura and, you know, how much the pandemic and the lack of available uh, airplane data, cruise ship data that we are lacking this year, this tropical season, how, is that impacting these forecasts and how they, are not too consistent with how they have been in years past well, leading up to this season. I, I think it's a valid question. I, I, I haven't really seen too much with regards to, um, for example, local weather service offices having staffing issues. Maybe early on they did. Um, I don't know that they perhaps early on, I'm going to say that perhaps they didn't uh, maybe had to cancel a few balloon launches and, and, stuff along those lines i'm mm -hmm. thinking right now um it's probably up to up to speed in, in terms of, of of collecting the data i don't know why the models are doing what they're doing uh, i honestly don't uh, why, but but i would just argue that as forecasters it shouldn't matter what the models are doing because you should be able to look at what's going on and figure it out regard without them um, and, and, or at least using them, you know, having an idea of what the overall pattern is like and what's right. happening and then using your guidance as guidance. And you should be able to look at it and say, you know what, this looks far-fetched or look at it and say, you know what, this is underdone. Uh, it's too far South. It's too far North. It's too far East. It's too far West. Um, that, that's what you're supposed to do as a forecaster. And I don't think many, I, there are a lot of forecasters that don't do that. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like locking on one thing and then that's it. And they walk away. Um, and go to yeah, lunch. No, yeah. It's right. just like call today. They do a and show and then they go to lunch. <laughs> um, that's it. See you next week. Meanwhile, things change. And like, you look at like how Laura was, Laura was supposed to be taking, like you mentioned that northerly track um, upon initiation, like, okay, we're going to go, through Puerto Rico and then north of Hispaniola, north of Cuba, through the Straits of Florida, and then into like the northeastern Gulf, if it survived that journey. And then here we go, through Puerto Rico, south of Hispaniola, south of Cuba, and now curving up. It's like, hmm, okay, let's see what you're trying to do here. 
And, uh, you know, these two back-to-back systems in the same region that has a lot of people scratching their heads and being like, what's going on with these forecasts, uh, you know, data outcomes? What, what, what are we not seeing that we're missing with these uh, the, the cones coming out and the various tracks? Right. Uh, uh, smart up, Mod. Uh, seems to be a uh, welcome to the uh, show. I see you're new to the chat board. Um, uh, conversation revolving around warmer climate and, and and hurricanes and whether it makes them stronger or less strong. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a there's a couple of this is a very complex question. Uh, yes. And uh, one of the big one of the issues is um, there's a few issues here with regards to trying to find out what the right answer is. And, and the thing is, for, the, for when you compare the statistical data in terms of the number of storms, when you go back and look in, uh, in the 60s and 50s and 40s, if you go before, pre the satellite era, um, there was a time where a lot of storms slipped under the table. And, you know, you go even further back, there were probably some hurricanes out in the open waters of the Atlantic that never really got recorded or perhaps uh, you know, these smaller storms that we've been able to pick up on uh, might have gone undetected. You know, they fire up, they last for a day or two, and then they're gone. Uh, also, in terms of, uh, you know, if, if you're arguing... You know, like, uh, like Kyle. Well, something like Kyle might have... Well, maybe not Kyle so much, but um, uh, Gonzalo earlier this season, which was a very, yeah. very small system. And then there was the one last year... That, I mean, we've had severe thunderstorm clusters that were bigger than what this, uh, <laughs> I think it was the B, the, the B storm last year, Barrel, yeah, I think so. Barrel, whatever it was. Um, uh, the other thing with regards to, you know, the the, uh, the warming climate, and I think this is probably a question that's better directed to a climatologist, but I would just say uh, the warming in the globe in terms of, 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 of climate change has been rather uneven. Uh, the warming has actually been more significant up the up further north. The further north you go, up in the polar regions, as opposed to down in the um, in, in the in the tropics and in the major development region for tropical cyclones. Uh, also, uh, there's an argument to be made about whether the warming climate creates more thunderstorms, more scattered, more regular thunderstorms, which um, all, uh, can, can produce. Um, wind shear in the upper atmosphere, which is hostile for tropical cyclone development and would keep intensities mm-hmm. down. So I, it's a tough it's a tough question to answer because at the end of the day, most of the time, conditions are not favorable for tropical cyclone development in the hurricane season. There are periods where it is and, and areas of geography where it is. And you have to have a whole bunch of factors come together in order to get a tropical cyclone to form. So it's not an easy thing. We just happen to be having a season this year where everything is spinning up, including my shoes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, your your ceiling fan is rotating counterclockwise, uh, Addison. Let's let, let's name it a tropical storm. So might as well. Yeah, but. But again, my point is that your question, it's a good question. It's just, it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a very, very complex answer. I don't know what the, I don't know what the exact answer is. And I think you need to have a climatologist in the mix to kind of, uh, to, to get their point of view because they're data guys. So they, they could tell you better than I can and better than Addison can. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you there because, you know, while we see this stuff day in and day out, are we studying numbers and looking back? For you know, years on end, line all data up, like not necessarily for every case by case situation. So, um, 
yeah, there, there's ways to go about thinking that like climate change has altered the way we are seeing hurricanes and tropical systems in general come around. And also the way that we are seeing just general thunderstorm development come around. They have more moisture to work with. They have more windshield they're running into. It's a, you can have a conversation like this lasting for hours, but um, you're definitely finding there is higher sea levels, I think, across many spots. Um, you know, that, that could be playing an issue of concern. But I think also one thing that does not relate to the weather, per se, is the amount of people that are now in those areas that you do get tropical systems coming through. The amount of uh, expansion of real estate and all those beachfront properties and people being able to go get them, put more people in harm's way, cramming more people into tighter spots like we did see in, a, um, what was it, Mexico Beach, Florida, when Michael came around. Uh, I don't think that area has still recovered from that system. Uh, it's just unfortunate, but uh, there's a lot of parameters going to how a tropical season is felt when all right. is said and done and um, definitely a discussion that needs to happen. If not, it's not going to happen right now, but you know, probably will be happening for weeks and months to come. All right. Uh, well, this will take this last comment from horse guy who's in the Houston area. So he must be late to the, the uh, live stream. So horse <laughs> yeah, guy, welcome to the, to, uh, to my YouTube channel. And just to point out that you can actually watch Addison Green is on KHOU in Houston. Okay, so if anybody here watching from the Houston area, this is, you know, this is your guy. He's he's mm -hmm. on your television set. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, so really quick, Houston just area. just summarize really quick, Addison, for Houston, you know, what are you guys, what are you thinking at the moment? And, uh, of course, an asterisk at the end because – uh, tomorrow, as as, as this uh, the fluidity of the situation means that uh, stay tuned for further developments. But go ahead. Sure. Yep. Uh, hey everyone in the Houston area, um, you know definitely don't let your guard down with regards to this system, and don't focus whenever you see any of those forecast cones. If not from here at KHOU, just in general across you know the metro area or the, you know the social web, um, don't focus on that exact center track. Focus on the cone see if you are in that in the area of concern and if you are and you are from this area you know what you have to do to be prepared for dealing with tropical systems this isn't your first rodeo but with regards to laura um definitely looking at potential uh, strengthening and strengthening quickly as we go forward into the next uh, 24 to 36 hours um potentially making a landfall uh late wednesday on the uh texas louisiana border possibly as a strong cat two, maybe a, a weak cat three. Um, are there evacuations going on? No, not at the time. There are no mandatory evacuations. There have been talks of voluntary evacuations uh, in places like uh, Galveston, any of the uh, border islands, or I should say um, Gulf Islands, um, Boulevard Peninsula. There have been talks about that. I don't know for certain if they have been saying anything has been locked and loaded, like this is what we're doing, follow the plan. Um, but they did have press conferences earlier on today with the officials, and they will probably do so, I'm sure, tomorrow during the uh, daytime hours. So definitely tune in. We give push notifications when we do have them saying there's a press conference. We're talking about the latest information. Um, and if you are in an at-risk area, just be smart about it and be safe. Don't put yourself in harm's way um, if, just because this isn't the next Harvey. No, there is not going to be in the next Harvey. This is lore. Deal of lore. Lore is not Harvey. Lore is not Rita. Lore is not anything else but lore. I, I, Deal I, of Laura. 
I, I was just I was just going to add add to that and just say that since Harvey is the one that is the the signature storm that everybody's going to go to, uh, mm-hmm. and and the uh, the deal with Harvey for Houston, of course, was the incredible rain that fell. Uh, and in this instance, uh, this is not going to be this is not going to be a storm that stalls out. Uh, the upper air is different. Right. Uh, uh, also, this might be if Houston is on the westernmost part of the hurricane watch at the moment. So, if the track the the, uh, the forecast most of the forecast tracks are to the east of Houston, uh, but there are some reliable, more reliable models that are on that western part of the envelope. So, if you wind up with a shift to the west then uh, the issue is going to be something of co- consequence in terms of wind and rain and, uh, and what could be what could be a, maybe a Category 3 hurricane at landfall. I mean, certainly looks like there's the possibility that this could reach Category 3 status before it does so. So you have to tune into Addison tomorrow on KHOU uh, CBS in Houston. All right. So I'll have the, the latest information um, at noon tomorrow, and then the 4 o'clock will have the, the, the next full update. I'll be covering that. And um, as uh, we were describing it earlier on in the newsroom, just by comparison, past storms that came this way, for Houston to be dealing with a massive storm surge potential, you would need a landfalling hurricane in the western side of Galveston, just so you get right. that right front quadrant to push water up throughout right. the bay. You get enough water up that bay, and you'll do some significant damage to the downtown area. But even Ike, when it came through, that was towards the eastern side of the bay, and there were significant swells on the eastern side, but the western side didn't really have much uh, coming on in. So um, we aren't seeing a situation like that for the time being with Laura, not looking like that's going to be a case where she just jumps drastically to the left by a couple hundred miles but it's not out of the realm of possibility that there is some shifts slightly west in which case maybe more of the houston metro area is put at risk of dealing with the wind and the rain so right. uh, we'll see how time unfolds and all eyes are on the gulf joe as uh, laura merge merges i should say into that area merges and uh, starts to uh, strengthen and develop okay and uh, paula mclennan welcome to the channel uh she Let's live in Houston because she's taken note of the fact that you're at KHOU. And Horse Guy, thank you for being here. I appreciate you being here on my YouTube channel. And uh, I'm glad that you stopped in so that you too can go to watch Addison on KHOU. See, I'm giving you plugs left and right, Addison. So this way when the show is over, everybody's going to know your name, your station. All right. Um, Everyone goes to Joe Chaffee, the weather whisperer. Okay. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> So thanks for being here. I know your schedule is really busy and I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on, on the show. I want you to know, you may not know this, but in about 45 minutes, this show should be available as a podcast. So you can share it with all your buddies uh, who uh, (laughs) would not want to sit down and watch an hour and 20 minute show on um, weather, but perhaps they might be on the treadmill uh, and uh, they might want to listen to an hour and 20 minute show on weather. So uh, the, the podcast and, and uh, the, the Joe and Joe weather show show is available on. Um, I just let me bring it up and let you know for sure. But you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, 
And there were five other platforms that, that I'm on. It's amazing how many different places you have to be. I had no idea there was that many. Oh, it just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's available. This show, our, my show is available on seven platforms, Addison, seven. Jeez. So you, you are can, a household name. You can find us on Anchor, name. Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, which is not no, a weather that, site, <laughs> Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, actually, so eight uh, platforms, and Spotify. Although they're not paying yes. me a million dollars like they're paying that, uh, was it Rogan? Mr. Joe, Joe Mr. Rogan. Rogan. Joe, Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> not yet, Jeffy. Not yet. Soon. Yeah. Soon. Uh, I, I can should. tell you that um, I can be available tomorrow if we do have a show tomorrow at the same time. Oh, great. Um, I should be around Wednesday. I, I can't promise anything, but uh, definitely. All right. Tomorrow. So, why don't we do this uh, tomorrow? Because uh, we'll probably have some severe weather to deal with early. So, why don't we? Um, I'll send you, you know, uh, I'll let you know. And let's say around 7 30. So, we'll, Joe mm-hmm. and I will get all the severe weather out of the way. And then sure. we can spend the rest of the show. We'll talk about, um, we'll talk about Laura and, 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 uh, uh what we, what we think is going to happen. All right. So, we'll see you sure, tomorrow. Sure, no problem. Uh, I and, just uh, want to say real quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to address, I just saw Robert Brown uh, mention in the chat. Um, will KHIU have continuous coverage of the hurricane if it approaches Houston? Um, if it does approach Houston, becomes a direct threat for the city. I would not be surprised if there is continuous wall-to-wall coverage. As of now, it's just standard coverage that we do have going on with more extensive coverage on our social media platforms. But I encourage you to get the KHIU 11 app, download it right to your phone, get push notifications um, of when we do go live. And we often will have the chance to break down the forecast uh, in good detail. Some of my social uh, videos have been like 20, 30 minutes, just really dissecting everything. So um, it's a good discussion. Join us, get the app and uh, be informed. All right. Uh, I just want to say very uh, quick, uh, thank you very much to Robert Russo and Ruthless Goat for hitting Super Chat tonight. Joe and I really appreciate it. Addison, uh, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow night uh, after 730. Yep. And uh, everybody, thanks for being here. Our show went a little long. I don't know if it's getting close to my record. I think my record is an hour and a half. We're at an hour and 23 minutes, and I have no desire. (laughs) I'm exhausted. I had to drink two cups of coffee because I didn't sleep well last night. So um, I'm I'm, I'm now starting to fade. All right. So have a great night. Thanks, Addison, again. So we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody, we'll see you tomorrow, 7 o'clock, on the Joe and Joe Web.